friend Zig coming in at the top interview. Today I have Liz Bullock from Liz Bullock and the Tremonts. Liz is playing May 31st with uh, uh, at Virtual Show CLE. Liz and I went to school together at CSU for music therapy. So this conversation is really cool because we get to dive into her musical journey in an academic sense and um, in a working musician sense and she's uh, got this kind of duality of being in both worlds and doing both efficiently and each has its own perk it's a really interesting conversation we get into about that um before we get into that though i'm going to play a track of hers from her project with the tremonts this is um traveling shoes off the generic blues record blues spelled b-l-o-o-z-e well a death came a knocking on my mother's door singing come on mother ain't you ready to go and my mother stooped down buckled up her shoes and she moved on down by the jordan then she shout hallelujah done my duty i got on my traveling shoes you know that death came a knocking on my sister's door singing come on sister ain't you ready to go and my sister stooped down buckled up her shoes and she Bullock and the Tremonts on that one that's off the record generic blues traveling shoes um if you hear anything you like if you can subscribe rate review the podcast on any of the podcast platforms be it Spotify or Apple it really helps us put the podcast where it needs to be and helps listeners find the artists so we can amplify what's being said with that being said uh here we go with Liz but all right cool let's get into it where the 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 we're at the Zig at the Gig podcast. I'm hanging out with Liz Bullock. How's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing this. How's quarantine been? Long. <laughs> um, but it's been uh, a time for me to at least kind of learn some new things and get some new skills under my belt. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. feel that. I've been doing the... Like, as soon as all this hit, like, I hit, like, a strict, like, practice routine. I'm like, I'm going to learn some stuff on drums. I'm going to learn some stuff on piano. Yeah. I, like, I had a routine, like, that I do every day just about that I hit all this stuff, and I'm trying to hack away at being a hack at a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's good to have a routine, and, and I, I've been trying to kind of, before quarantine, I think my only hobby was like going to class and music and which is great. Yeah. But I, I wanted to pick up some other stuff that I just didn't really have time for. So I started um, cooking and baking and and painting. Whoa. Um, and it's been really cool. And I'm like creating stuff that I'm proud of. That's so. awesome. <laughs> was it... Um... Because you go to school, for our listeners, you go to school for music, so that's kind of like doubling down on the same thing. Oh, here he goes. Um, yeah. So it's like a, it's almost a, there's no hobby in it. It's just everything at that point. You know what I mean? It, it's work. Yeah. yeah. It's a, the fun, it's form of expression, and it's what you're trying to learn to do. And um, Exactly. Yeah, it's it's every aspect. When people are like, "What else do you do besides music?" I'm like, "Well, that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> every aspect of my life." But uh, yeah, going to school for music therapy. I just I finished my degree after quarantine, and yeah, congrats. Woo-hoo. Did you uh, do um, the internship and everything? Yeah, I'm I'm slated to go to UH in July it's looking more and more like it will be telehealth aka I'll be uh with patients kind of over zoom or gotcha facetime or something cool cool yeah yeah it's definitely gonna be a change in like uh my internship so I went to um new avenues to independence mm-hmm. um they the director there reached out to me they're doing how you said telecare, which is mm-hmm. a, that's a really cool way to put it. Like they didn't call it that when she hit me up, but <laughs> like, uh, and she hit me up to like hop on in a couple sessions, just be like, 
let's keep yeah. this interesting. They brought up a bunch of interns from the past, like do oh, a, cool. do a component or part of a component, you know, yeah. and it ended up being really fun. And like it was the, the group I had was super fun. And like, so I was super excited to see them and they were super excited to see me work. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But it, That's- anyone who's going through that bit of their degree, I can see mm-hmm. how like taxing that would be. Because it's already taxing by itself. Yeah, it's kind of just up in the air. Like, I don't, I think everyone, including the internship directors, um, are kind of, like, taking it week by week. And, like, they're not for sure telling me that I'm going to do telehealth. But, like, yeah, because maybe something miraculous will happen and then I can, like, I don't know, go to main (laughs) campus UH and woohoo. But, um you know, that's probably not going to happen. And I think we're just going to take it week by week and eventually probably start seeing patients in person again, probably towards the end of my yeah internship, <laughs> I would hope. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> six months from now, uh, hopefully by then they're definitely yeah. doing some person to person distant yeah. thing. But yeah, that's got to be such a because part so much of music therapy is the interaction, is the connectiveness with the person in the moment, and like this is great, you know. I mean, this works. Yeah. But like, there's a there's kind of a comfort net that you're not in this situation, and then there's an uncomfort net because you can't really read the person. You know, there's like a weird like yeah plus and minus. I can see like I mean. One benefit I could see from this is you're going to save so much on gas. Like, I know, I'm <laughs> it's going to be so rad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but that being said, it's like you lose that like little like twitches, not twitch. I don't want to say twitch, but like little body language movements that you can't pick up on because like right. there's a lag or right. the, whatever the lighting, the yeah. camera, the so it's going to be that for anyone who's in your situation right now. I imagine a, a a steeper learning curve and you guys are probably going to come out knowing how to handle or read situations way better because you're doing it from like an already like challenging position. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's pretty much how I'm looking at it. At least I get this experience and I kind of know what to do, but there is so much I'm, I'm so patient centered and, and client centered and about building relationships with my patient so it is really difficult to it's it's weird like you're not reaching out and touching them all the time in session but yeah. it it kind of there you know when you're behind a screen it, it really just like takes some of like the humanness out of what I'm doing it feels like but um it's not forever and yeah I'm going to make the best of it. <laughs> that's that's definitely the the PMA, the positive mental attitude to take from it for sure. Yeah. Like uh it's it's weird cuz like there's kind of I've noticed personally like when I interact with someone I know via screen, mm-hmm. like I've met you a few times. This doesn't mm-hmm. like but like if it was someone I had no real connection with before or even didn't even know there's you can't really kind of get that that connection the same way like so you'd be seeing right. clients you haven't you've never met and like yeah. so I, I like i get excited when i facetime with someone I'm like oh my god how are you doing you know yeah. just to have that there is that weird part of the brain that's like this is a social engagement i'm talking to someone this is mm-hmm. even though it's the same environment i was in before it's now different because i'm talking to you or talking to whoever you know there's a different focus right. in it but i like but it's I've met you before. So there's a, you know, it, or like, I, I find like if I, myself, I get excited to talk to somebody, but if, it, if I never met this person before and they're just kind of trying to gauge the situation, I can right. see where that, like, you know, that wouldn't work out as well. Yeah. Or like uh, that, that, uh, um, connection. Cause like you're saying, you're not really in most therapy settings. I don't imagine you're too hands on. If anything, yeah. that's kind of like a thing. That's like the, uh, the next level, well, isn't that the, like the last thing you're supposed to do is hand over hand type thing? Um, yeah, that's like 
if things are going the worst or not the worst they can go but they like if your patient needs a lot of assistance like hand over hand is what you would do but yeah like you said there's so much like with eye contact and body language and so much of that is kind of in proximity to the person it's kind of um a gray area when you're seeing a patient on a video call and stuff (laughs) yeah yeah I guess I guess it's different if you know the person a little bit and you're like, oh, that's a, uh, that's Scott's, uh, he's he'll be back. I don't know, <laughs> you know, right. uh, yeah, that's that thing he does or whatever. Yeah, there's his Twitch. It's fine. Yeah, that's his Twitch. That's his, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Does um, so getting kind of stepping back a couple paces, what got mm-hmm. you into music therapy, for an academic outlet, like. Hmm. Um, did you go to CSU for, cause I remember I met you at CSU and I thought for, for some reason I thought you did pop rock first, but maybe I was wrong. I, I was always a music therapy okay. major. Um, I, I actually started in journalism and I was going toward, um, English and something having to do with writing. Um, when I first went to college and then uh, my family, I don't think a lot of people can say this, but my family was really pushing for me to do music instead. Um, and really thought that that would be a great fit for me. And my mom is, um, a healthcare worker, um, and has been for like over 30 years. And so she's seen firsthand music therapy and what it does. And I've been, you know, a musician for my whole life. So she kind of was like, I really think like this is something, something you should check out. So I was like, okay, you know, I was kind of switching around majors, just seeing what I liked. And I ended up like really loving it. And I think it was partly the program and the people and yeah partly um that our clinicals where we got to work with different clients and stuff and I don't know it was just I found that I was really really passionate about it and like like fiercely passionate about (laughs) music therapy so I was like okay this is probably the right place for me to be in and um yeah I think that's it's most people go into school and kind of do the thing and like lose track of the thing and find what they want to do by attempting to do the thing. Okay. Yeah. It's a very, <laughs> anyone who can follow yeah. that, good luck. But like, so it's really cool to come out with that. Like you went into it right. not knowing the thing and coming out with the thing with like yeah. the, 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 and oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The career centered, the, the path that you kind of, I don't know. It always seems to be the kind of the opposite, but that's really cool. So when you went into CSU, you went for journalism. It, what what spoke to you about that? Like, what, why why journalism at first? Which is really so, cool. Yeah, I mean, journalism's awesome. Like, journalism is was like my dream for a, a little a little while there. Um, I I actually pursued journalism at Kent. Kent State, and then and then I transferred to CSU, um, just because I just liked CSU better. But yeah. um, journalism, what drew me to journalism? I loved um, writing. I loved like writing essays on books in high school. I just yeah. like was super into um, like what they were doing with like the Cleveland music scene and what was being written about it. And I kind of thought it would be a cool way for me to like take my love of writing. And also maybe I could be like a music journalist and write about music and like kind of like Rolling Stones type of journalism was like my goal. And I was just, I was always trying to find a way to combine like, different like passions that I had and it just turned out that there was just not enough like um music in journalism for me to want to stay like I just really missed music a lot so I decided to switch 
Cool. Was there like a a particular journalist that stuck out to you that like was kind of like um, what's the what's the film I'm thinking of? Um, uh, it's it's got the the girl with the sunglasses on the front. I think she and the guy is a journalist for the Rolling Stones. Uh, for the Rolling Stones. For the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Almost famous. Is there like a... <laughs> what a that's a great, great movie. Yeah. That, I can't believe I couldn't think of it, though. That <laughs> Quarantined oh. for way too long. But was there, was there an, an, art or, um, an author or a journalist that inspired you to want to, like, convey yourself in the written word? Hmm. Hmm. Honestly... I don't think there was any one in particular. I did um, do a mini internship with uh, Jeff Neasel. Oh, cool. Yeah, from the scene? Yeah, from scene. And he was great. And I did that, uh, like, right out of high school. And not, I wouldn't say he was my ultra inspiration, but I kind of, like, interned with him to see if I liked it and I was like I loved like you know being his little shadow for (laughs) for a couple weeks so um that's how I kind of got a feel for it but there was no one in particular actually that inspired me and maybe that's why I didn't stay (laughs) Uh, I guess uh, that makes sense but it (laughs) seems like for you you really had to combine the two worlds together music being one thing and the career focus being other, whatever that may yeah. be. Yeah. Working with, or working with Jeff, that had to be cool. Like that guy's pretty active. If you look through the scene on a weekly thing, like when everything was back to normal, there's like his name, his name, his name, his name, band yeah. of the week, record of the week, interview with this guy, interview with that guy. Was it insane trying to follow yeah. him? Yeah. It was. Um, we were, from what I remember, this has been like almost like five years ago now, but he was running around everywhere like the rock hall and then like to see a um like a a a film and then to interview someone and like all these like i i got to like listen and transcribe all these cool interviews he did with people and then like meet some cool people at the rock hall and yeah there was never really a day there were only a few days i would say that he was just in the office like wow. just staying there but m- most of the time he was going other places and i was i was going with him that sounds so. awesome <laughs> <laughs> how much did you see like because he always interested me because like just of the mass of like how many people he's reaching out and the mass he's putting it out because the scene's a weekly thing you know it's got to keep mm-hmm. coming yeah but, like did you see the amount of research he did prehand to interview blank blank or whoever you know or was it kind of like that he already had that prepared before you ran into him or Uh, followed him I mean no I think like he 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 had his system and and it was a very like well-oiled system of how he does things and like he he basically had I would say he had his research on whoever pretty much lined up when he got to me to the point where he was going to call them and then I was going to type and transcribe and you know so okay it wasn't like a pre-recorded like he interviewed them and like then he gave you the recording and then you transcribed there were a couple of those okay there were a couple of those and then there were a couple that happened just like live I guess yeah Um, Wow. and then there were a couple little write-ups that he let me do on my own but like bands that he chose okay. like local bands that or bands that were coming um who'd you do you remember i don't even remember <laughs> <laughs> it was really exciting to see my name and scene though that is cool um, <laughs> but yeah that was like the closest i came to really writing kind of the way i wanted to but um working with him was really cool yeah that sounds awesome sounds intense too like i if i had to type what we were doing right now it would have been gone before like how do i say it you know what i mean like yeah i can't i can't do that so cheers to it you for handling that that sounds intense <laughs> yeah 
so with music, you said you've always done music. Is it music in the family? Um, um yes. My family is musical, not really um no one pursued music as a career or anything. Yeah. But it was a big part of my growing up. Um, my dad sang Motown songs to me a lot when yeah. I was very small. And um, like, I still remember that. And my mom, there was always music playing in the house or my parents were always singing or letting me sing. My mom used to let me like belt in <laughs> the backseat of the car as a toddler. And would be like, yeah, girl, get it. So, like, <laughs> I had a lot of encouragement from pretty much the time I was born up until now. And um, my parents always had me involved. I was in stuff at the music settlement. They're very small children's choir. I was, like, five. Um, I did dance. I did cello. I did and then I did voice for four years and then I did voice into college. And, um, it was just always something my parents saw in me and wanted to make sure was kind of, uh, I was getting some type of musical enrichment somehow. Um, and it was just really important to them. And, and I think some families just like, have a real emphasis on the arts and that's just the kind of family I'm in. So That's awesome. So they oh, saw yeah. they saw the spark and then they nourished it. Um Yeah. Did uh yeah. did they play at all? Um both my mom and dad are mainly singers. They are mostly my mom is mostly classical and my dad is mostly karaoke, but he's really good. Okay. So <laughs> Um That's awesome. That makes sense why why um why maybe cello didn't stick as much as like um singing. Yeah, you know. I found my way. <laughs> what was that was trying to apply the skill set from like until what what year did you how old were you when you picked up a cello? Or Oh I was this was when I was um I think I picked it up in fifth grade and then I, I kept playing until I was about fourteen. Okay, so and you then, put some time on the cello. It wasn't just mm-hmm. like a try try it and move on to the next thing thing. It was like figuring this yeah. out. Yeah, it was well my parents were like, You're not gonna quit this instrument. Like you're gonna play it for a while and you're yeah. gonna like get first seat and you're gonna like <laughs> <Okay>. do well. <laughs> nice. And so, um yeah, like like other parents are like, You're gonna go to football practice and win the football game. My parents were like you're going to be a great musician and you're going to like, <laughs> okay. and I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I played it for a while and then I went to school and, or high school and they didn't have an orchestra and I didn't keep taking private lessons. So it just kind of, where'd you go to high school? Lay Catholic. Okay. Lake Catholic in Menor. So yeah. was it from, I guess until the fifth grade when you started applying like singing to like, an instrument like the mentality like the the make the mindset of making music with your voice was it easy to apply to cello or was it more of a challenge to uh to incorporate like a a different like because i come from kind of the opposite background where i learned Mm -hmm. if i put my finger on this fret and pluck here it makes g the only time it will not be a g note is when this string is out of tune you know what i mean like (laughs) yeah yeah with singing you got to be like you got to intuitively like feel the note and like find Mm -hmm. the pitch and it's it there's no there's none like there's no sight to it there's a feel to it and so for me I had to work a long long time to go backwards from like taking the I know I'm going to be doing this type of run of notes it's here Mm -hmm. when I play it here how do I do it here and Mm. relentlessly be like Da, 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 and then slowly take away the, the, huh. the, for me, that's what it was slowly take that's, away the thing I know is there. So take away from yeah. me the guitar and then the feel eventually is ingrained because I rehearsed it so much and know, right. you know, ingrained that, um, thought process and that like, right. um, the neural pathway of having to make sure yeah. it was there. Huh. But that for me, that was it. But 
you coming mm-hmm. from kind of the opposite background, did you find right. like a challenge from taking something that you just felt and like knew how to do to a physical like, how do I make this cello do that? Right. right. Um, I think I was really spoiled with voice because I think I was I was getting voice training from such a young age that it's so just a part of my being and inherent and like I think what you are talking about is really interesting and something I just like I think is already so deep within my brain that I'm not thinking about like how how different notes feel or how to it's just it's just there for me so when I when I applied it to a physical instrument that's like been the hardest thing thus far and like being a musician is guitar piano at that point cello I, I have a really good ear it's just um frustrating I'm one of those people who gets frustrated when I'm not good at something right away <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um so obviously for any of those instruments that is like very difficult um and it doesn't mean I don't spend time on them it's just I I can't I'm not I don't let myself rely on my ear and I think just because of all the voice training I do have a good ear so that you know, lends its purpose, but yeah, I'm, I'm not used to voice just comes naturally and, you know, guitar and cello and things like that don't. So it's a whole other ball game and the muscle memory and it, yeah, it, I'm kind of just the opposite of where you're coming from. That's where if, if I'm singing yeah, and playing, yeah. I'm only thinking about the playing. I like the singing is whatever, like, Gotcha. I don't I don't have to think about that. I'm thinking really hard about my what my hands are doing. Wow. On that's, guitar. That's I, yeah. I'm kind of like ecstatic that that's the answer. Like there's like <laughs> this whole unnatural naturalism, you know, to like wherever yeah. an individual comes into it. Like uh, yeah. I, I don't have to think about this, but I have to think about this. And it's kind of exciting yeah. to hear the, <laughs> hear the opposite. <laughs> like, Wow. But I guess that makes, to me, that makes complete sense because you kind of grew up in a family that was singing and then you're right. applying it to this thing. Um, kind of in the same uh, vein of question, when you were taking these vocal lessons early, uh, early, early, but these vocal, these vocal training sessions and like lessons, were you applying like written music? Was reading music is kind of part of the deal too? Or was that yeah. kind of a, another learned thing? Um, it was always, so I was always in like choirs, I guess. Um, so there was always written music and I learned not so much sight singing, but at least like the note values, um, like quarter note, half note, how long things are. And, um, I got to be a pretty good sight singer. Um, you know, when you like go to college for music, they take it to the level and you're like oh I don't actually know anything at all Uh, um (laughs) but yes there was always music uh and then you know cello I learned how to read bass clef which was nice to know um and it wasn't really ever something I thought too hard about the fact that I could kind of read music enough to get by until I got to uh college for music so and then I realized how much I really don't know um but I the little that I did know did help me but yes I I I've been using sheet music since since I was very small yeah gotcha yeah it seems like it's weird the the written thing is almost just kind of a guideline to most Mm -hmm. people who really take music as a as a thing that they want to like apply into their into their life and career it's kind of like in it when you hit the like i gotta get the paper that says i'm, I'm good at what i do like oh, right. now i really gotta learn how to read it like i was talking yeah. with dan wilson who is a, a jazz guitarist from akron mm-hmm. and like an amazing guitarist and like for him 
and it's kind of a guitar thing too is like uh reading oh man the worst you know what i mean yeah but like someone who's like uh, i play trumpet i play sax they're really good at sight reading and like um mm-hmm. as far as vocals i didn't really have a kind of a, a thing to gauge it with you know what i mean because it's such a felt thing and like right. which they had to pay off for more college courses like because you can hear the interval and you're like oh that's a major third that's what you call that sweet you know yeah i I think, well, <laughs> um, <laughs> that it, I did go in with an, a, a pretty good ear, so sight singing and all of that was not too difficult. But when it came to learning classical pieces, I always listened to a recording yeah. of someone else doing it. I honestly never played it out on piano for myself or things like that. Like, I always relied on my ear, so when I get really lazy and I just want to learn something very quickly, like yeah. I'll just listen to it. <laughs> but if I want to like do it the right way, like I might go plunk it out on piano and try and actually read the music. And, but uh. usually not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, that's a good practice and skill set to have. One yeah. thing, uh, Bob Frazier from CSU was like, he noted, or me, yeah, I'm pretty sure Bob told this to me or heard this from Bob was like, a lot of musicians aren't reading that chart for the first time. When you right. see them going off the page, they've right. put some time into it or they've found recordings and listened to yeah. them. And like, to me, that was super comforting because I came in not yeah. knowing how to read it all. I didn't like have yeah. any like cool, like background or <laughs> like yeah. any type of academic music until college. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a, it's kind of a weird like place to be because in college, when you come in, to an academic music setting, they expect you to kind of be academically in a music sense inclined or ready mm-hmm. to roll. And I feel like most people in that time of their life are being like, okay, I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to not do journalism. I'm going to do music. And right. they go there and they're like, oh, this is all stuff I, you know, I feel like I'm learning like a first grade thing. And it can yeah. either be a major blowback or like a stepping stone, depending on who goes into that. But um, yeah. I think anyone who has taken music theory in college has, I just, I think it's a universal thing that you've sat there and you've questioned your choices and you, you're like, am I really this stupid when you're like sitting there in, in theory class? But yeah. um, I, I, I'm really hoping that at least, I don't know. I, I think there is this real disconnect between it's like such a controversial topic between like being a good musician and like going to school for music and like both are great ways, you know, being self-taught or going to school for music. Both are good musicians. Both are different ways, great ways to do it, but different routes to take. And I kind of wish there was a little, more I don't know leeway because I was pretty much just going by ear and I was like I don't want to learn theory like I don't think I'm going to use this Uh, it's not fact it's theory (laughs) yeah I mean I actually am going to use it but I think I wish they would give kids going in who are only ear trained or just have no experience at all a little more hope or you know <laughs> yeah. because it's so hopeless when I'm in that class like I'm so glad I didn't give up but oh my god it was rough <laughs> I'm glad you didn't give up either but I agree uh <laughs> Neapolitan what is this it's not ice cream <laughs> I don't care about it yeah. <laughs> like yeah um but yeah, you know what? I had an interesting conversation with Jen Maurer um, with like the kind of different – the two – the individual who took music as like I'm going to do this, didn't go to school for it, but is mm-hmm. making their career doing that, right? Yeah. And when you talk to them, they're almost more informed with how everything works than someone who did the academic route in right. some in some facets, but yeah. that individual has a certain set of opportunities that the other one doesn't and mm-hmm. like and vice versa. So mm-hmm. it was kind of just like a vague discussion of like, is there anything, is it better? Is it not better? I don't know. And like, yeah, and there's, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think there's pros to both. I think, 
it all depends on what you want to do. Like what kind of music? Because uh, I think yeah, some people yeah. think when you go to music school, you, there's just one degree and it's like, here you go. You're <laughs> not a musician or something. I don't know. But there's like a, diff- a lot of different routes. <laughs> yeah. And so in terms of performance, I do think that people who don't go to school, you know, school almost feels like four years of being tucked away in this beautiful little like <laughs> yeah. shell. And the people who don't go to school are kind of like thrust into like gigging and working and what that looks like. And unless people are gigging and going to school at the same time, I don't think a lot, a lot of that gets lost when, when you're going to school for music and it's cause you're just like, you're a full-time student and you're tired and busy and yeah. Well, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more, um, sorry, my phone started to die, so I got to plug it in. Um, there's a lot more, uh, things you got to do. You got, you can't like, you can't gig all night cause you got to turn in the paper and like, right. But right. that also opens up a whole nother understanding of what's going on. And like, it's, it's, in, I don't know, like sometimes with the, the self-taught person or the, the non-academic route, let's say it mm-hmm. like they will spend forever cracking one thing you go you kind of gloss over in an academic setting yeah and like yeah. which which is uh fine because usually in the academic setting you're focused on a, a set amount of things like, right. and, and this can be a very vague like i don't know neapolitan chords like mm-hmm. i don't yeah. think in a in an academic setting you, you kind of harp on that but like in, <laughs> in a gig setting i don't know how often like <laughs> you're really you know i mean it's rare on, yeah <laughs> focused on that chord movement yeah but it yeah. it's yeah it's it's a tough like it's kind of a tough break because there's no right or wrong and like yeah but interestingly enough with like you're you're kind of in both worlds simultaneously like you're doing the academic mm-hmm. route and you're doing the therapeutic route and going through all that but you're also you're doing outside too you're doing the band thing you're doing the gig in life yeah, I, I think I just kind of got lucky in that right out of high school, I started playing with Maddie Finn for her project Whiskey Hollow when yeah. that was around. And that kind of got me into the scene and into meeting a lot of different people I wouldn't have met. And How'd I just that- kind of fell into it by luck, I think. How'd that come around? How'd you meet Maddie? Maddie was my voice teacher at School of Rock. Yeah. Woohoo. Nice. I work I, there now. Yeah. Enroll. <laughs> Woohoo. Um, <laughs> I, I went to it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I did like one show a, there. a lot of people have gone through there, but yeah. she was my voice teacher. And it, she was more like my friend because she kind of came in very young and I it was right as I was leaving about to graduate high school and so right when I graduated she was like if you want to get some like gig experience and touring experience like you're welcome to you know come and sing on this project with me and so I took her up on it um and and I loved it and we toured and it was great and that's the only time I, I've toured so far, like yeah. since since being kind of in college. Um, and it really did like just like set me up with a lot of connections. And I, I think if I hadn't done that when I was 18, I would have never probably been in the scene nearly as much as I am right now, like at the end of my college career, like maybe a couple years from now or something, but, but it kind of, it definitely set me up with a good system, a good nurture. (laughs) For sure. Especially with Maddie. And at that point, I think that was right after, um, whatever band she was doing with Steve, right? The Whiskey Mm. Hollow, or was that a project or two later? I don't, I don't know her timeline. I have no idea. (laughs) But either way, like, that and the and the tour with it, that's really cool. Like the the jump in from like so that's kinda keeping on the split of both realms of the mm-hmm. like the, the road life and then the academic life and like now yeah. in that project you were mostly you were like 
just singing, right? Yeah, okay. I was mostly, mm, I hate to say backup singing for anything, but I was mostly backup singing. Um, there was some like duo stuff. I would sing solo sometimes, but it, I wasn't writing or um, it wasn't really my project. I just kind of yeah. like and like added myself on top. <laughs> but to, to make the whole picture, you know, that's a it's a yeah, for, yeah, yeah, it's a quintessential thing. And were you doing yeah. harmonies? Lots of harmonies. Um, Maddie I, and I. Sorry, I meant to say writing harmonies. Oh, clearly, yes, clearly, Maddie, if you're backup singing or <laughs> if you're support singing, I don't know. <laughs> People, I mean, it's, I you never yeah. know. Like, sometimes it's just gang vocals. Like, anyway. yeah. <laughs> um, we were writing, we were writing harmonies um, pretty much for every single song. And Maddie and I, our voices just like somehow are very different, but blend really well. And I think that's why um, the project worked and like people really like responded to it well. Um, But, and we both love singing harmonies, like super close harmonies, difficult harmonies, like that kind of like my like nerd brain. I love, I love harmonies. That theory is paying off a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so did that was harmonies easy for you kind of coming from the background of singing in a family that singers and everyone sings like was harmony like an easy thing to approach? Because for some singers, that's really that's a, a real difficult thing to get to. Yeah. Harmonies um, were always not always. Well, being in choirs growing up, it really forced me to get good at them. And so then applying that to my future stuff like whiskey hollow it did make harmonies pretty easy for me to pick up on um the only thing is sometimes i i get nervous at the gig and i just like get in my head that's the one thing about harmonies is like you have to both be really on the same page like this is gonna sound weird but like i feel like energy wise and just like kind of mood wise because if one person is pushing vocally or one person feels like they have to push and they're really nervous and like they want to make this gig work um it's going to affect their vocals and how they sing and for me I was always super attentive to how Maddie was singing on any given night and trying to like match that and blend with her Um, so that's like the difficult part, but in terms of like getting, hitting the notes and stuff, like it, it now comes pretty naturally to me. Gotcha. Cause like, it'd be one thing to like, as a singer, you're used to kind of leading the way that, you know, Mm -hmm. the notes you're going to hit in like, you made those neural pathways, you know, you know how to execute whatever you're, you're, um, trying to, um, express, but when you're supporting someone and harmonies usually are so tight and you got to follow every little nook and cranny of a melody and like, yeah, that's, that's a, that makes it sound way more difficult when you're like, ah, it depends if, you know, Maddie's jumping in and rocking out and then I got to start trying to rock out with her. <laughs> like that, that can see how much more difficult that would be in a live setting, especially if you're doing close harmonies with difficult melodies. But, yeah. uh, but as far as like, a so the execution of them, not musically, but uh, with emotional content was more tricky than musically. Yes, I would okay. say I, I think everyone I also do harmonies for Matt, Matt yeah, Moody, who I'm, I um, believe I'm talking to uh, in a little bit. Here. Yeah. Later on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, everybody has their own little like things about their voice. Yeah. Like their little intricacies and so maddie had her own and matt definitely has his and like once i sing with someone enough i can pick up on what those little intricacies are and little things that they do little like scoops that they always do or little like how they drop off a note at the end and then and then i can also kind of guess what they're gonna do and try and match that so I think that's more what I mean about being attentive, but yes, like 
energy wise, if someone is pushing along, like you better start pushing along too. Like, (laughs) yeah. And so that was something, and Maddie is so much more like, just like outgoing than me. So that was something I was always, always kind of trying to do. And she taught me a lot about like actually putting on a show. And (laughs) yeah, she's definitely a, She's definitely a show person. Like, yeah. Um, there's de- when I don't want to say showmen because I don't want to. I don't, don't want to think outside. That, but, but that Maddie yeah. is. Yeah. Like she, she puts on the show when you see her. It's like it can be a normal conversation pre or post. I feel like, and then it's like, go time. Like, yeah. It's, it's like a-, a whole other like you just see it come over her spirit. Like she just goes into another place when she goes on stage. Yeah. Tessa. Wow. So like, uh, I guess that kind of, that really fits into like, even just that practice. Cause who else have you like, uh, sung with besides like, so you, you did Maddie and Matt. Um, is there any other projects? Um, I sang harmonies for, let's see. Did you do Lex and Zay? No, I, I did, uh, one of Michelle's album, Michelle Gaw's albums, okay. I did harmonies for. Um, and then, yeah, Maddie and Matt. And I think those are like the three main ones in the past few years gotcha. that so I've like recorded for at least. Okay. Because I've seen you with, uh, I've seen you with Matt quite a few times, like mm-hmm. live. Um and I remember, I remember reading the the track list with Gauze. I think that was her first record, the first I, Mimi Arden one. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. And like, uh, um, what was I going to read that to? But it kind of makes sense with that execution of just following the individual for like, mm-hmm. and pick it up on the nuances, which makes sense why music therapy would stick out because that's kind of like client practice in a way like you're reading this person in like in such a specific and musical way where you're trying to pick up on their the emotion they're conveying or how they convey it like matt may end his uh, cadence of a phrase in one way compared to how gall is gonna do it and like just like being able to find that nuance in a person that you're working with in a musical in a musical musical setting where there's no data being taken to apply it to a situation where it is I can see, like, that, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know. Do oh, find- I've never thought about it like that. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, it helped. But, like, it, 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 there's, like, a specific trait, I feel like, with musicians that musicians who dive into the therapeutic realm for mm-hmm. the sake of the therapy and, like, musicians who totally, like, are, like, whatever to it, which is completely fine because there's got to be yeah. both to make everything work. But the people who really dive into it and really get into the practice of it and really want to do it for what it is, like there's certain traits and I don't, I don't know, I'm trying to like figure it out. And I've just been talking to a bunch of people and like to, in my brain, that makes sense. I don't know if like, is there like things, do you find overlap in other ways as far as like your, uh, gigging career and your, um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, therapeutic career? Even though um, I know you're or therapeutic education, I don't want to say you're doing it because I know that can be a whole nother thing. Oh, yeah. I am not a music therapist. Yeah. I'm a music therapy student. Thank in- you. Let me let yeah. me phrase it right because I, I want to. <laughs> I don't want to do any. Damage. Right. Um. There's gotta be connections, right? So I mean, I love singing, and I think most of my patients and clients really respond to my voice. I think that's my, my strongest tool in, in a session with gotcha. patients. Um, Cause like, I, I mean, it is kind of a vague question and it's kind of sporadic cause out of what we were talking about before, as far as like your musical journey to like, wait, how do you apply it? So like, <laughs> it, it takes a, it takes a specific type of person. I think, musicians inherently like want to give music to the world and therapists also want to give music to the world. And, and so there, there is that, that, you know, connects the two. I think that therapists 
are, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I find myself personally, I'm a big people person, like interacting with people when I'm in a therapeutic setting. But when I'm at a gig, like, I don't want to talk. I don't know. (laughs) It's like, it's really weird. Like (laughs) it's two different sides of me. Yeah. But, um, but wow, man, that's a, that's interesting concept too. Cause like in one realm, like you're, uh, your interaction, I think they both like uh, rapport in both realms are equally important, but like yeah. rapport in one realm is almost kind of a self kind of a promotion where the rapport in the other is kind of not necessarily a self um, thought of act, right? So when you're working with right. a client and you're, you're making this relationship and this rapport with them, you're not really like trying to uh, promote your situation to be a better it uh yeah. get better gigs or whatever not to say yeah. that like it's always the same in that other realm but there's part of part of like audience rapport is part of the gig and it's part of maintaining like a certain like a uh, practice and like whatever so like that uh, maybe that makes more sense too i don't know <laughs> yeah, i don't know I, I i definitely find that um I, I'm more comfortable probably in a setting where I can make it about the client. I can make it about the patient and I'm doing everything to kind of support them. And I want to hear about their life and I want to hear about their musical experiences. And like, it's not at all on me. Yeah. But then the flip side is when I'm gigging, like, I want to be the lead singer. This is my show. Like, blah, blah, blah. I want to do the songs I want to do. So I, it just, yeah, it's, it takes very different parts of me to do each thing. Which in, in I guess in a big, a bigger like sense, that's the yin and yang of it, of the balanced person is finding different places for different parts of yourself in different situations. Right. Right. (laughs) But like, uh, um, so kind of going back to like the lead singers um, comment, you are lead singer for the Tremonts. And mm-hmm. when did that come along from like, cause I know you still, you still do stuff with Matt as far as like, um, like I think the last gig I saw Matt at was like, uh, what's that tree? Speaking of Tremont, it was Tremont Fest or whatever it was <laughs> like in Tremont, that festival where they have all oh. the food. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. last time I saw Matt was the M Moody was there and you were there. I could be wrong. I was. I could be wrong. Maybe. Maybe I was. I don't know. <laughs> I just um, go where I'm told to. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to you fronting your own band, well, well, how'd that come along? Was this in the process of backing up all these into other individuals? Was this like uh, pre or post working? Because Maddie was kind of like the the first like gig. Yeah. Like, intro to the scene yeah. um through that were you able to start the tremonts or were you asked to join the tremonts or um so i i was at a gig with maddie at brother's lounge and i met gavin co who already nice. had the tremonts okay okay and he asked me to just host one gig with them okay and I did it and it was fun. And I had also at that point not ever <clears throat> through school of rock, I'd sang a lot of classic rock. Yeah. Never sang blues. I'd never sang funk or soul or things like that. Um, and that was my first opportunity to really do that. And I really loved it. Um, and I think at that point, having backed up so many people, I was just really craving like my own thing to just like my own thing to sing. Yeah. Cause I just, yeah, I think every singer craves their own project to front and just yeah, like, yeah. you just be totally, you know, creatively free. And like, I wouldn't even want a backup singer on that project because I just don't even want to think about anyone else. Like when I'm doing that project, I just, it's really freeing to just like be the one and only singer Um, and so eventually, um, I kept hosting and then they just asked me to join the band altogether. And then they were like, one day they just like came up to me and they're like, we're going to tack your name on the front. 
huh. of the Tremonts. And it's going to be like Liz Bullock and the Tremonts. And I was like, oh, um, I don't know like if I'm comfortable. And they were like, well, it's already changed on Facebook. So like, <laughs> it's, it's already official. Changed. And I was like, oh, okay, um, cool. So that's kind of how that happened. Um, and from there, I don't know. It just like picked up and we had a gig, a gig I was really excited about at Forest City Brewery that was supposed to be in April um, for their like juke joint night, which was going to yeah. be like a series they were doing. Um, and then we had some gigs at Smedley's, which is where we're always playing like basically like a residency at Smedley's Bar and Grill. Um, and then that stuff kind of got canceled. And I also wanted to kind of do my own thing. So like the pandemic and then <laughs> me wanting to kind of like break off and just explore doing music by myself, which I've never done in my life, kind of lined up to where like I now have all this free time to like kind of explore that. And like, I don't think of myself as a singer songwriter, but I want to, I want to write and I yeah. want to kind of, you know, be self-sufficient in like being able to gig by myself and being able to perform all the music that I want to perform. And having done that band for three years, it just felt like it was time for me to do that. And then, but then everything kind of fell <laughs> through with like gigs and yeah. everything. Yeah. Wow. But, um, so, I do love that project. It's 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 a cool project. Was I was gonna say I worked with Gavin at Guitar Center for a couple of years before like before I went to CSU, and um, when that project came around and I saw he was a guitar player, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like when I saw you were the singer, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like uh, to me, it was kind of like a weird melding of worlds when I see one person who I've met in one part of my life and someone else and like come up yeah. with it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That makes sense. But like for um, so fronting that when you said that you needed a break from it, was it kind of like, are you so you guys didn't you did have like a one release right? There's like a blues standard blues standards, yeah. but spelled different blues, yeah. which I thought was mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> that that release was kind of right as I came into the band. That release was already being recorded. Got it. So I'm on like part of it, but part of it is like other vocalists around Cleveland because before cool. that the Tremonts was like basically like they ran their gigs like a jam night where they would have different vocalists uh, every time. Okay. Um to host. Yeah, so yeah. that's the only release though, and it, and it's not really a, a project that is focused on writing it was gotcha. more focused on like just playing funk and soul and blues that we liked that we have listened to that has like influenced us um but i i do yeah i've i said i needed a break mostly because i just have never done anything straight up by myself and yeah. i I've always been in bands. If I've ever been in any musical project, it's always been a band. And like, I kind of just wanted to explore what it's like to not be in a band. <laughs> to, to, it's almost like a, it's inter really interesting progression from you coming from behind the singer to being the yeah. singer in front of the band. Yeah. Right. And now yeah. it's kind of like removing the band from that equation even more and just mm -hmm. putting you in there. So like with the with the tree monster was not was there any originals or was it kind of just like uh, I don't uh, want to say it was a cover band but like a um, well, a, a band that played covers yeah <laughs> okay all right well maybe, yeah okay so it was mostly like a a cover band and that that kind of project or that recording was almost like a can we get the gig we sound good <laughs> you know what I mean like here's, yeah here's how we sound is yes. this good for your venue no okay yeah. next one <laughs> like. And, and the thing is like, it's kind of messed up that like we're, well, it's not messed up, but I find that in 
the bar scene like we were making really good money just doing covers and like yeah that's great but like covers don't really like fulfill me <laughs> as a person or musician you know like it's not mine so yeah. and it's there is a thing of like I I know that we were really lucky to be getting as many gigs as we were because there are some bands that play are playing their own originals that like you know bars just sometimes just want like mindless covers and like we we could do that yeah so it's so it kind of like that's that's where that band was and we were comfortable with that and we knew that's what it was and and we didn't really try to write anything for it we just knew that like this was our system that worked and and it was something in in the beginning that i was passionate about but over time you just can't I don't think anyone can sing someone else's songs forever and feel yeah (laughs) and maybe I'm wrong but like that's how I feel about myself at least so well as as an artist you want to grow sorry I didn't mean to yeah I wanted to grow I just but I I I think my best move right now is to like do that that's um, awesome what have you, what's what's that look like so far now that you've had some time to like not like abandoned gig obligations because they disappeared right magic <laughs> <laughs> um and have had time to kind of focus on that what's that looking like as far as um some future stuff that maybe we can uh hear at one point has it been like a guitar singer songwriter or is it like you're working on piano or you're working on some other things or just songs in general? Um, I'm mostly working on writing and being really patient with myself because I'm very hard on myself and yeah. anything that I write. And it's kind of a big roadblock for me. Um, but I have written more. And I also am trying to get comfortable just playing by myself. And yeah. So I've done like a couple of these virtual, you know, uh, coffee break gigs or whatever. Um, and that was really the first time, like, I guess I, I gigged by myself, you know, it's a virtual gig, but whatever. Um, the gig simulator. Yeah. And played (laughs) originals and stuff. And so I'm mostly kind of, I'm kind of just trying to like get my footing and get confident in it and. Um, everybody in my life is very encouraging and very much like, well, when are you going to show what you wrote or when are you going to do what you want to do? And, and so, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. It's just very like new to me. So it is kind of scary. Yeah. Um, and it's always been something outside of my comfort zone, but, um, I was hoping to, you know, play some like small acoustic gigs just me and my guitar stuff this summer um you know like wineries and like things like that just like very laid back like small rooms and that probably won't happen but um I'm still gonna keep going and I'm hoping to at least record a single at some point in the future um I, I have a person in mind that I want to record it with, but I haven't even told him, so I'm not even going to Keep that say. on the hush-hush. That's, <laughs> that's the two to come, the, the cliffhanger. <laughs> but that's awesome. And I think, uh, I guess as far as, it's, it's weird, like, the coming from playing and supporting, like, singing other people's material and supporting other people's material um, mm-hmm. for so long you kind of like and I've, I've talked with a couple other um musicians about this there's this kind of like after uh, there's like a spike of creative um output when they're real young um yeah. and some of those some of those songs they still play now and like yeah. but the more they kind of learn about music and about and playing other people's songs they become more critical of their own work and yeah. like you coming from your situation of supporting like so many other musicians and doing covers and like I can mm-hmm. see where that that would be real frustrating or you know or that um that that could become really nerve-wracking because you're being yeah. like you're I've, I've supported all this I know what a good song should be 
And then you're like, but you've never had that chance. So that's exciting to like right. that. That's where you are right now. Cause it's like a really cool and like a uh, sensitive spot to be in. Like, and everything's like nerve wracking. I don't know. Yes. It, I mean, that's exactly it. It's just like very vulnerable and like, the better I word. think I've, I've, always kind of been able to hide behind something or other in a project and I'm yeah. just like not giving myself room to do that anymore was it so. well uh for the virtual show which is May 30th right or is it 30. 31st 31st I think okay yeah 31st it's the Sunday are mm-hmm. we uh are you gonna do some of these uh maybe singles uh, yeah, the one that I, I have in mind, yeah, I'm going, it's called um, Spring, and you were talking about a burst of creativity when people are younger. It's yeah. one I wrote, like, a very long time ago, and it's still my favorite song that I've written. Whoa. So, Isn't that like, weird? Is that weird? Yeah. I, I think that's weird that everyone has, like, this, like, cr- like, this naive, like, innocent, creative, like, outburst, and, like... Everything yeah. kind of just becomes more cynical and critical from there right. on. Right. I mean, exactly. I was, and it was totally just like natural. I was, I don't know. It was before I even started doing projects and yeah. whatever. So, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm playing all originals for the virtual show and That's I'm awesome. really excited. Likewise. I'm excited to hear it. Um, is there anything else we should plug? Before we wrap this up, this went by this. How do you feel? Do you feel this went well? Yeah, I feel good. Yeah, likewise. This was <laughs> yeah, super, it went by pretty quick. Super quick. I just realized I'm like, oh, I got a couple minutes to oh, wow. save and like call Matt. But yeah. um, anything else you want to plug before we wrap this up? I don't think. No, I don't think so right now. All right, cool. Well, if I have eggs or something, maybe, but no. Nope. <laughs>